0: The matter. I'm Sean McCraney, your host. And uh, I've been making some of you guys mad out there. We're getting emails and calls and you guys are getting irate at me. I can't believe it. A nice guy like me, you're getting mad. You're throwing out mean words and stuff. Well, we'll see where that leads. Tonight, we're going to answer some questions. Listen, some of you know I wrote a book called Born Again Mormon Moving Toward Christian Authenticity. Um, It's really a book for Christians to understand the Mormon perspective. And it's a good read for a Christian, but it's a must read for every Latter-day Saint. The purpose of the book is for Christians to get it, order it, buy it, get it for free, and then give it to their LDS friends. So, here's what's been said about the book on the back cover. It's provocative. It's outspoken. Me, outspoken? Hard to believe. It avoids the tired and rehashed anti-Mormon approach, and I believe it does, and is theologically rigorous. Mm -hmm. So get Born Again Mormon moving toward Christian authenticity either for free or by paying for it. It's your choice. We'll send it out to you, and we hope to get it in your hands soon. Okay. We've got a few important shout-outs. First and foremost, we want to shout out hello, God bless you, and we hope you're searching for truth to all the prisoners in the Utah State Prison. Actually, anybody in a prison anywhere in the United States who might be watching the show via the internet or podcasts or whatever, uh, we send you our love and we want you to know you can be free by going to the Lord in prayer and turning your life over to Him. All right? We also want to give a friendly shout out to Gordon and Chris Hensel, uh, avid supporters, good friends, and great uh, supporters of the show, and we appreciate uh, you watching and sharing it with others. And we also want to say hello to all of you who are out there in podcast land or watching the show on the internet. Um... It's a great blessing of the Lord that you're able to do that. And may all your connections be clear and be able to see and hear the show through those means. All right, let's uh, petition the Lord in prayer if we could. And we're going to be particularly mindful of a, of a guy who has helped so much here at the studio, at Micah. And uh, Micah is um, literally dying because he doesn't have a liver. And he had a liver transplant because he needed one and it failed. His kidneys are failing he did all the graphics Uh, he's a wonderful Christian full of faith and uh, Micah is in dire straits so we're gonna remember Micah as we open with prayer tonight dear Lord uh, Father God we just pray to you and we ask your spirit to be with us here in the studio to be with our viewers as they watch and to particularly be with Micah uh, at home or in the hospital that, Lord, if it's your will, you'll heal him. And if not, Lord, take him and let him be at peace. But we love him, and our prayers and thoughts are with him. We want your will in his life as usual. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Micah, be, be strong, our brother. Okay, we are, uh, first thing, we're going to do questions tonight because we're getting a lot of them, and people are getting mean and stuff. So I'm going to show you a picture of somebody. This is Steve Irwin. Do you recognize him? He is the recently deceased uh, crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin, who I thought was just the nicest guy, and he did so good on TV. And, and I want you to notice something. Steve is not, has not buttoned his one, two, three, four buttons on his shirt. When he was on TV, Steve never buttoned his shirt up he was always open chested. Now I bet Steve never got emails from people like you saying, saying, hey button your shirt Steve, but that's what you guys email me all the time. Well it's not gonna happen because Steve is a kindred brother in uh, our television careers and I, I miss him but I love what he, uh, what he had to, uh, to do with his show and a sad passing. Alright, we have some questions ready I am a Mormon who hasn't been to church in a while. I know all there is to know about the pioneers, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. I know everything they want me to know about tithing, obeying everything. But I know very, very little about Jesus. How do I learn about God? I never hear them talk about God and Jesus. How do I find out about them? They didn't leave... Uh, well, actually, did, no, didn't leave a name. Listen, the best way to find about God is two ways. Well, three ways, all right? Hearing the word preached good church, reading your Bible, okay, and prayer. And I'll tell you, whatever your name is, if you open that Bible and you just start reading, I'd start with the Gospel of John, and just start reading the Gospel of John and open your heart and pray to the Lord and say, teach me about your son, and ask to be spiritually reborn or given a new spirit. If you haven't been yet, he'll do that. And then he will teach you about himself through his word, through his word preached, read, and through your prayers, all right? Next one, Sean, I'll see you in hell. Well, that's interesting. I'm not going to hell. I hate to tell you this. I mean, if you might want me to be, but I'm not going to hell because I believe in what Jesus said. And Jesus said, if you have faith and believe in me, you will be with me in my Father's kingdom. I trust that. You might not, but I trust it. Okay? So we're going to uh, trust um, the Lord's word and, and uh, just put those kind of comments aside. Next question, and this is very disturbing to us here at the station. I would like to know that when you feel that everything in your life is empty and gone, gone, you've gone through deaths, you've gone through all the hurts that there is, is it a sin to take your own life? Please have him answer the question. When you don't want to live anymore, there is nothing to live for. Thank you. Um, I want you to know that I, I don't prepare for these questions. I just read them, mark them, and I'm, and I'm just going to let, hopefully, the Lord speak from my heart to yours, as a Christian to yours. I think that there is is no reason under the sun to take your life. I think that the Lord is there for you, and it's very easy for me to give all kinds of advice and to and to. Pretend like I have empathy for your situation. I don't know what your situation is. And it sounds like it is dire. But I know that the Lord is there. And so I pray that you will turn to Him and talk to Him about this question that you have. Okay? It may be that you have chemical difficulties, imbalances. It may be you have physical things that are throwing you into a state of depression. It may be that you uh, have kind of wandered from uh, being in the Word um, I don't maybe you're being oppressed by satanic influences as far as going to heaven or not I can't tell you who's going to heaven and who's not I know that um, that uh, the Lord wants uh, all those who believe in him by him to follow him but I, I, this is the best that I can answer that question and I know that there have been people who have taken their lives and who are very good Christians who uh, were caught up in, in terrible things depression or whatever The Lord is loving, merciful, and just, so we put our trust in Him, but what I'd really like to ask you to do is to call our station so we can talk personally, and uh, please do not take any action, and let us talk about what's going on. Next question, I've been an LDS member for 38 years, I'm going through a divorce right now, and I definitely have my doubts on everything. I have a bunch of buddies that are born again, it sounds like a great way to live, so Could you give me a call, send me a book? We can send anybody a book or give anybody a call who would like us to do that. So don't hesitate. Um, Next question. This was very acerbic and angry. Uh, I've been listening to your BS. Uh, Jesus never once stated that he was the father. Wake up. I guess you really have no idea who your true master is. Your true master is Satan. Good luck buddy. I would love to talk to you face to face but I could kick your butt by myself both physically and verbally. I just want to tell you that uh, they accused Jesus of being in Satan's uh, grasp too. That he was uh, working for Satan And I'm not equating myself at all to Jesus, but I know that when you do the work of Jesus, other people will try to say that you are in Satan's power and in Satan's grasp. Uh, I'm sorry you have so much anger toward me. Uh, I speak what I know to be the truth, and, um, and if it's anger that motivates you, I'm sorry for that and hope that you come around to a better way. From Ryan, Sean, I was talking to some LDS friends and was wondering what the Christian view on progression is not only in this life, but in the next. My friends say the LDS have an answer for every gospel question, and then some. What is your take on that? Do Christians believe in progression in the next life as the LDS do? Uh, From my understanding, Ryan, um, there is no doctrine on what will happen once we leave uh, this earth and go to uh, live with the Lord, but we do know that eye has not seen and ear has not heard the wonders and the the magnificent things that the Father has planned for us. So the beautiful thing about the Christian faith is that we live by faith, and we trust the Father, and we trust the Son to take care of us when we die. And, And if there is a great amount of progression in some way, or the resurrection is a magnificent thing, or we travel through universes, traveling on stars... Who knows? I don't know. It's just conjecture. But the danger is when a religion says, we'll tell you what happens after this life, when nothing has been said about that. The danger is when someone says, I have seen into what happens, and this is what will happen. You'll become a god. You'll do this. You'll do that. That's dangerous. Okay. So Christians don't have an answer for everything, and if not, they say, we just live by faith. And that's a beautiful uh, um, thing about it. And I like that about it, rather than having all the set answers uh, for the religion. We're going to open up the phone lines for you. I'm going to keep reading some questions while the operators take your calls. If you have a question or comment, please call. We have a number of more questions here I'm going to get through. I am really starting, this is from Bryce, really starting to believe that Joseph Smith fabricated the Book of Mormon. What would be the motivation to do such? All I can think of is Joey truly believed that he was called of God and went from there. Well, let me give you this. There's some good books on it, and I really recommend Dan Vogel's book, uh, Joseph Smith, Making of a Prophet. Joseph Smith had family uh, issues. He had uh, um, religious environmental issues. He dabbled with his family in magic, uh, in the culture of magic. Uh, they had all kinds of things that helped form who this young man was and things he was trying to correct. I believe that Joseph Smith truly believed he was doing something good, but I also know he used deceptive practices to put it into place. I, I do believe he had good intent at the beginning, but I believe that he used deceptive practices And I think that in the end, they caught up with him, and the whole thing became pretty ugly, especially with Doctrine and Covenants 132, polygamy, blood atonement, and all those other things that started to accumulate with Mormonism down the road. So that's my answer to why he would do what he did. And you're going to really have to read a couple very large books to understand his motives. And yeah, they are uh, are just hypothecations, but they're worth looking at. Uh, Next question from a name I can't understand. I think it's Blair. Where in LDS doctrine does it talk about God not being able to create matter? Um, I, I did research this. Uh, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 181. Doctrine and Covenants 130, 20 through 21. Doctrine and Covenants 141, 7 through 8. David Lamont Paulson's uh, book, or actually study, Comparative Coherency of Mormon, Finistic, and Classical Theism. I reference this in my book, uh, which quotes B.H. Roberts, The Mormon Doctrine of Deity quoting Parley P. Pratt, all those are sources where LDS doctrine formulated that God um, could not create uh, matter. You know, it's really interesting. The Christians believe in a thing called uh, creatio ex nihilo, and what that means is that God created things out of nothing. Now, Mormons really like to poke fun of that. They want us to believe that God had to create things out of things that were existing, so then those things pre-existed God. You understand? If God can't create something out of nothing, then those things have always existed. Matter has always existed. And therefore, God is, can only manipulate matter. He can't create it. And that is an abomination. If you read the Bible, you'll see that God is everything. He's the beginning, he's the end, he has no beginning, he has no end, and he is the creator. And to try to put this, actually, it's Greek philosophy, and many of them, uh, Lucretius taught uh, that uh, the existence of matter always. It's really a step toward atheism, too, and we've talked about that. But uh, I'd just be very careful with that doctrine, but those are some references to what it is. I got a, a letter in the mail, actually, from... Uh, A man named Llewellyn, I believe that's his name, it was very nice. Uh, He said that uh, he doesn't think I apply the same logic and reason when looking at Mormonism as I do to the LDS Church. He says, To take but one example among many that could be cited, if you are willing to accept on faith that Jesus Christ rose from the tomb during an earthquake announced by an angel, because it is affirmed at Matthew 28, shouldn't you also accept on faith The much more plausible LDS account of a young boy named Joseph Smith visited by an angel while praying in the grove and told that the revival religions of the burnt over uh, district of New England were false and that he should join none of the churches or of his Book of Mormon. I would be interested in applying the former to the same scrutiny as the latter and your explanation of where such scrutiny might lead. So, what he's saying is, I am believing in the Bible and the story of Jesus with a, a kind of faith that is the same exact kind of faith that Mormons believe in the Joseph Smith story and the Book of Mormon. Okay? But there are some marked differences, and let me explain. The Bible accounts and everything that has been written, um, they have historical evidence. We have genetic evidence from the children of Israel. We have archaeological evidence. We have linguistic evidence of the Bible and its writings. We have transcriptural and evidence and supports, meaning the Dead Sea Scrolls verified what, the, uh, what was in the King James Version back a thousand years before our oldest manuscripts that happened in the 1940s. And we have contextual evidences. The book as a whole, the Bible supports itself through and through. Now let's jump to the Joseph Smith accounts, okay? The first vision has seven different accounts. Seven different ones and they are all different. The very first first vision that Joseph Smith said he saw the Lord. That's what he said. Not God the Father and Jesus Christ separate and distinct individuals with God having a body that was uh, tangible as man uh, but of flesh and bone. He doesn't say any of that till later. That develops on down the road. But the first recital of the first vision was he says, I saw the Lord. And I think in one of them he says, I saw a light. So. I believe Joseph Smith had some type of of metaphysical experience in the grove as a 14-year-old boy. Now, where where that angel of light or where that light or what that thing actually was, I don't know. But I believe he probably had some kind of experience. The problem was is it's morphed over time and has become what Latter-day Saints believe is true right now. Second thing is uh, is, um, his later claims of the Book of Mormon have absolutely no evidences that the Bible has, okay? So there, is, there are no his, uh, historical, there are no uh, archaeological, there are no genetic. There are none of these evidences to support the Book of Mormon. Now think about this. The guy had plates under a, under a loose blanket or a loose uh, sheet, all right? And he would let his friends and Emma touch the plates, lift the plates, feel the plates, listen to them clank, okay? But they couldn't see them. They could do all this other stuff, but they couldn't see him. Why? Because his father was a cooper, and he knew how to cut metal. And they cut metal, and they made these plates, and they developed the whole story. And and so, you know, you can hold them, you can do everything you want with them, but you can't see them. I mean, come on. You, we have all the evidences that support the Bible, but we have no evidences that support any of this stuff that one man claims. And you're basing your whole salvation and religious life on the claims of one guy who, when you look at his history, completely contradicts and shows fraud. Now, I, I'm sorry this goes down a touchy area for you. I'm not picking on, on this area. I want to talk to you about Jesus. But you guys constantly send me emails about how the Book of Mormon and, and Joseph is equal to this. And I should have to say, come on, man. Look at the facts. Okay. Finally, Joseph Smith's uh, uh, Book of Mormon and much of what he brought about in the LDS Church from the onset was a direct response to his personal situation. You can see 19th century themes that were very popular infant baptism, uh, what happens to this when this occurs, all these different themes that were very popular in the 19th century that Joseph Smith incorporated and put into the Book of Mormon. There's anachronistic difficulties all through it, on and on and on. So when you try to say that the faith that I have that Jesus actually lived and died and rose again, and the book that I believe in called the Bible is, is no better in its proofs than the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith's story, I'm afraid you are seriously mistaken. Okay, uh, we have calls, but let me give you a couple more. Uh, www.christian-solidarity.org That's going on where they are saying one church, one God, Jesus Christ, worship Him here. You can go to that website to find information about that. Finally, where are we? Uh, We have uh, 11 questions from Ethel. Ethel called the station and she asked questions that range from Uh, who was Christ praying to when he prayed to his father, to what scripture do I take my beliefs from, Uh, to please describe where God came from. Um, Ethel, I just want you to know that until you're born again, you won't understand a single thing I say. You can try, and you can argue, and you can come up with questions that are very easily answered, you make accusations that I don't know my subject, and, uh, and I don't know my subject perfectly, nobody does. But I try, and, and the things that I say on the show are substantiated, both by evidence and fact. I don't have BYU professors calling and saying my facts are off. I don't have Gordon B. Hinckley or his secretary or the 12 apostles calling and saying what you're saying is not true. I get the, the comments of what you're saying is not true from members who haven't really looked and studied it out for, their, for themselves. So you're getting something that's true. I would be a fool to get up here and try to pass off stuff about your church that's false. I mean, you could, just, you could, you could crucify me right here. But i am giving you true information, and you're coming back to me with questions which are really insignificant. If you want to really know truth, let's talk. Otherwise, Ethel, spend your time watching reruns of Bonanza. Or something else. Okay, we're going to Thomas and Ogden on line one. Thomas, you are on Heart of the Matter. Thomas.
1: John. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, I'm a first-time caller. Or should I call you Shane?
0: No, call me Sean.
1: <laughs> I'm just joking because I heard the story you told a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, uh, you, you had a show a few weeks where you uh, answered questions to, I think, Said like your 20 most uh, often asked questions, and we yeah. ran through. And I, and I really like that show because it kind of gave a real quick synopsis of of uh, what you're talking about and the things you're going on. So I just wanted to comment that I really like that show. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, and you also, in another show, you were talking about your history as a member of the church. And my history seems to parallel yours. Almost exactly being born in the church, parents, members, went on a, a mission um, uh, and all of those sorts of things. And so um, my, my heart has been very heavy. I've felt a, uh, a spiritual lacking for for many, many years. I, I've, I haven't been to church for quite a while, although I, I call myself LDS. Uh, I, I allow the, the home teachers to come, uh, not so much because I want them to come, but because I believe they... They think they're doing the right thing, and, and when people are trying to do something good, uh, I think we have to let them try and do something good. Okay. So, so I let them come. All my life, I you know, I thought I was doing um, the right things. I was trying to be a good person, trying to follow uh, my leaders, trying to do everything that I should. But I find myself now feeling very, very, very empty uh, in, in terms of my own, own spirituality. And perhaps that's what's led me to, to start watching your show. Um, the only thing I want to do is be a good person, and I'm not sure um, exactly how to do that. Um, but it, uh, my, my question, one question I had for you is, uh, a few weeks back you are talking about uh, not uh, the reason why temple ceremony is, is not needed. Uh, uh, you said something about ceremonial law and that the veil had been torn, You'll have that right? Yeah. Um, you also alluded to another uh, program which I hadn't seen that where you went to more depth about that. What program was that? What date was that aired? Or?
0: You know what, uh, Thomas? Go to the website. Do you have the internet?
1: Uh, yes, I do.
0: Yeah, go to the website. Under Heart of the Matter are a list of our shows. Uh-huh. I keep telling myself to bring a list here so I can re- look at it and I keep forgetting, but uh, that will help you and you can. Download those and, and rewatch what you want and see if they'll help you out. Have we sent you the book, our book? Uh, no, you haven't. When you go to the website, go under, uh, please send me the book free, email me, and we wanna, I want to send it out to you and just help you uh, see how uh, you're going to be and feel uh, righteous. And, and in short, it's going to be faith in Jesus. And you'll see that, and your life will change and light up. And uh, if you stay LDS... And if you, Or if you go on, whatever your choice is, that's your choice with you and the Lord. But if you know Him, you're going to have some spiritual fulfillment like you won't believe.
1: Well, that's, that's where I would like my life to head. That's what I would hope for.
0: Well, praise I'm, God.
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I said praise God. Uh, go to that site, please, and e- email me, Thomas, and we'll get that out to you.
1: One quick question for you. God, throughout all time, spoke to His prophets. And one of the main teachings of the LDS Church is that uh, he speaks to his modern-day prophets, which of course are, are uh, supposed to be the prophets. Uh, that's the head of the LDS Church. Do you believe that God has prophets on the earth today that He talks to them, and and who might these men be?
0: I think that the, the uh, I think that the gift um, of prophecy, the spiritual gift of prophecy, continues to exist, and that people can prophesy. Women can prophesy. I don't think prophecy is is uh, limited to any uh, religion or person or, ch- or uh, church or whatever, but here's what uh, a scripture says in Hebrews, and listen to this. God, who at different times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. And this is what the LDS church tends to forget. They quote Malachi on, he always speaks to, through prophets, he always speaks through prophets. When Jesus came, John says the law and the prophets were fulfilled, and they were fulfilled in him. And your relationship with him might even grant you that spiritual gift of prophecy. I don't know, but so as far as an office of prophet, I don't believe in it. As far as a gift of prophecy, I think it's biblical. All right?
1: So Jesus fulfilled the law of having to have prophets, and so we can have a personal relationship with him. Amen. Amen. It takes over that need for an outside prophet. Amen. Yes. I see. Thank you. That that's helpful.
0: All right, Thomas, call uh email us and we'll go to the next call. Thanks so much for calling.
1: All right. Thank you, Sean.
0: Okay, bye bye. We're going to Diana and Sandy. Diana, you're on heart of the matter.
2: Hi there, Sean. How are you?
0: Doing well, how are you?
2: Good. I thought tonight's show was gonna be on I know the biblical Jesus versus the Mormon Jesus. Yeah. And I really, really think that would be most profound to hear that. And I'm wondering if you're going to be explaining the differences between the biblical Jesus and the Jesus of Mormonism.
0: Yeah. You know what, Diana? I told you that last week. And in addition to that, I worked on an outline for another show. What happens is, and this is just how it works, I I, uh, make the outlines and plans for different topics, but... I kind of just go with where the spirit is kind of leading, and, and it just seemed like uh, today we're going to go to the questions. So I actually have those shows ready, and they'll be coming up. I'm sorry that we didn't follow it up this week, but it's an excellent topic. You brought it up, and we're going to do it. Is it going to be, like, next week? Well, I, I can't tell you, but I think it will be next week or the following. Okay, thank you so much, Sean. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, we got the operators uh, on. The lines are full. So we're going to another question. Uh, What code of ethics does God ask me to live by? Um, Well, the code of ethics that I live by are found in this, this book right here. And there's a lot of ethics in it. And they're called Christian ethics. And I'm commanded to follow Jesus... And what he gave as an example for us when he was on this earth. That's an example of love, first and foremost. So if I operate by loving, my, loving the Lord my God and loving my neighbor as myself, uh, then this is the ethics which I follow. Now, I fail, and I uh, fall short on those things. But, but in short, I follow the Word, which is full of details. But in general, I try to follow the ethic of Christian love, with my neighbors, and with uh, other people. Okay, we're going to Joseph in Ogden on line three. Joseph, you're on Heart of the Matter.
3: Um Yeah, hi. I was calling because uh, I had a question because I'm a newborn Christian. Okay. And uh, I've been on like outreaches and stuff. And, you know, I kind of, I grew up in Utah, and I kind of always, I don't know. I thought that Mormons were Christians like the rest of us, and I noticed on outreaches, you know, they kind of don't want anything to do with us. And I don't know too much about the Mormon religion, but like I said, I, you know, they say um, that they're the Church of Jesus Christ. So I was curious because I don't know too much about it. Like you know, the lady called in earlier because um, I don't know the difference between their Jesus and and the Jesus of the Bible.
0: Well, um, the the short answer, if there is a short answer, is there are so many differences that they are l- like comparing uh, water and dirt. And I won't tell you which one's water and which one's dirt. Um, they are just remarkably different. But on the surface, they seem the same. And it seems like, well, they're, they're equal. And, and this is a battle that the Christian community has to face with the Latter-day Saints. Because there's a real push in the Mormon church to be accepted as Christian. We're Christian. We're Christian. I'm telling you. Or or we we are just like you, and there's really no difference. But the differences are absolutely amazing. And it's going to take a little bit of study, and a short answer on a television show to you from me is definitely going to be insufficient. So one thing is we can send you our book. There are... Hundreds of very good books, better than mine, that you could also turn to to read. If you go to Utah Lighthouse Ministries, they have some very reputable uh, studies that will teach you the differences uh, between the two religions. And I'd suggest that you just kind of start studying. Now, that being said, you have to be careful because there are a lot of things out there about Mormonism that are just categorically false. And if you start believing those and then sharing those with Mormons, they're going to laugh and say, You don't even know what we believe. So it's, it's going to take some real study and prayer and, and, of course, stay up on your own Bible and your beliefs, and uh, you'll see the differences readily. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, Go to our website, www.bornagainmormon.com, and we'll send you that book out. Uh, just email me, and we'll do it.
4: Okay, will do. Thank you.
0: All right, guys. Take care. God bless. We're going to Mark in Orem. Mark, you're on Heart of the Matter.
3: How you doing, Sean? Just hey. a question for you. All I, right. Uh, uh you got a great show. I appreciate it. Uh, I like watching your show. You you have a lot of good insight. Uh quickly, uh with all the problems uh in the LDS church, there's many to choose from, but maybe what would be your top two or three maybe most troubling doctrines that they that they teach? Uh I know mine, obviously, the Book of Abraham is very difficult to accept. I, as you said in the Book of Mormon there's not uh many things that ca- I mean there's a lot of things that can be challenged, but there's nothing that can prove the validity of it. Um, research polygamy that's another difficult one for me but I just wanted to hear your insight maybe what would be your top two or three most difficult things uh, teachings or doctrine that the, you know, the LDS church teaches
0: uh, the first one that's most difficult for me is their doctrine of salvation because um, they they claim that they know they're saved by by Jesus and by faith and but they use saved as meaning being resurrected or uh, and then then so and then they add a bunch of things that have to happen in order for you to be saved including going to the temple new and everlasting covenant being sealed for time and all eternity being baptized if you're male getting the priesthood all kinds of things even down to doing your home teaching some people will try to spot off you have to so their doctrine of soteriology which is the big word for salvation is very troubling to me first and foremost uh, I then have uh i don 't know if anything else trouble i mean how they view jesus uh who he was relative to what the Bible teaches is very disturbing because how are you going to be born again unless you trust that that Jesus is the one that the Bible says he is but I would say probably third or right up there with me uh, the problem isn 't necessary doctrine but the problem's pride and um they uh they don't they don 't maybe look uh haughty and proud all the time, but there's an arrogance with having certainty of having the only true church on the face of this earth and all the doctrines of salvation needed for people to live with God again and to become a God. That translates back down to pride in their lives that is almost blinding, if not blinding. So those are the, my, probably my top three.
4: Hey, thanks a lot, Sean. Appreciate hey. it.
0: Great question. Thanks for watching. Talk to you later. We're going to Quentin. You know, there's a lot of Quintins in this state because this Quentin says he's a first time caller from Ogden. I think we've had at least five Quintins. Quentin, you're on heart of the matter. Hi. Hey.
3: How you
4: doing tonight?
0: I'm doing well, how
4: are you? Good, I've got a quick question for you. Okay. It's in regards to a comment you had made earlier. Okay. I'm doing well.
0: how are you? you gotta turn off your TV, Quinton.
4: I did, my wife's messing around with the buttons.
0: Oh, those wives, I tell ya. <laughs>
4: I hear you um it actually goes along with uh what you're talking about where uh uh reasons why the uh, l d s church doesn't call in and uh from the uh apostles and general authorities and so forth and comment on your uh some of the things you're talking about yeah um, huh, my wife's just talking about the uh Jesus teaches in the Bible, of course, even the Bible in which you hold that we're not to, uh, as disciples, not to argue on the points of doctrine and to accept one another in love and hope that each of us will be more kind and generous towards one another. Okay. Um, pretty much, brother, I just want you to know that we do care about you. We disregard a lot of things you talk about on your show just because they come across as uh, very much hateful. Yeah, I,
0: I'm pretty impassioned, so it comes across It comes across that way, but
4: I, I don't... I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, why do you contradict the Jesus of the Bible in a lot of the things and ways you're teaching?
0: I don't think I do uh, in anything I've taught, and the only way that it might be construed that I do is in my, uh, my passionate attitude. And even that, I don't think it contradicts Jesus, because uh, he was very impassioned when he cleansed the temple and when he made a whip. He was very impassioned when he talked to the hypocrite uh, legalists of his day. And I don't know where people construe that Jesus was mealy-mouthed and just kind of let people walk all over him.
4: Oh, I believe he was very, very strict and uh, came across with his doctrine with power. Yeah. times called for it. But at the same time, I know that he did not push. And... Uh, In a sense, that's the way it comes comes across on television with uh, the way you're speaking.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true, but I'm just a man, and I wish I had more of the attributes, but I still don't think there's any difference. I mean, when I read the LDS history of what they've said about the Christian religion, about the Bible, uh, I I see a push that's far more egregious than mine, and and the LDS church is not uh, innocent of being uh, proactive in trying to get people to leave their faith. So uh, I'm just pushing back with the same amount of, I mean, who was it, Newton, who said, you know, they're equal amount of force, you know, they push, you get pushed back. Right now, in this, in this day and age, the LDS church is really big on being so lovingly passive, and yet their doctrines haven't changed about how they view the Bible, how they view the Christian church, how they're the only true church on the face of this earth, and so I'm passionately going to battle for the truth that I have found in the Bible.
4: I think you might want to come across uh, maybe with more evidence and more facts than if that's something you're pushing for instead of going with direct faith. What kind of fact?
0: Passion. What kind of fact am I going to give you that's going to help you see? Except for the fact uh, of the of the facts of, of your religion.
4: Yeah, you have a lot of speculation on your show, but you don't come across with a lot of hard evidence or you know. I give
0: scriptures and scriptural evidence to everything I say. Not exactly. I give references. Well, yeah. I give references to the people I quote. I say it's Parley P. Pratt. I say it's Bruce R. McConkey. What, you want me to give chapter and verse? I don't want to bore people. This is a television show. There is, has to be a modicum of entertainment involved. There has to be.
4: You know? Like I said, it's a lot of speculation. But we, we love you. you know. Just-
0: All right, man. Thank you for the call. Have a good day. OK. We're going to Wesley in Salt Lake City on line three. Wesley, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Wesley, how old are you? Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah. I'm new
2: in Christianity. I was born again, accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Amen. I really think that your show is great. Same with my mom. (laughs) Thank you. And I wanted to compliment you on how good you're doing. You're getting a lot of other people join, maybe.
0: Wow. Hey, you are uh, you're very you're very well spoken for an 11 year old. <laughs> do you do well in school? Yes. Yeah, you obey your mom.
2: Well, sometimes <laughs> I get in trouble.
0: <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I never got in trouble as a child. I'm kidding you. Hey, where do you go to church?
2: Salt so First Church in Nazarene.
0: Uh huh. And in, is that in where? What city?
2: It's up here in Salt Lake.
0: Oh, that's excellent. And you liked your uh, pastor and your friends there?
2: Yes, but alas, my pastor had to
0: resign. Oh, what? You had to resign? Well, that, that all, things keep changing in churches. Listen, I really appreciate you calling the show and for complimenting it. And we will just pray for you and know that you're going to be a great Christian. Read your Bible, obey your mom, say your prayers, and you keep going to church. Hey. Okay. Thanks for calling. OK, Okay. see you later. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. We're going to Maurice. You can't beat that. I mean, I'd rather have just kids call all day. Guy, you other guys are so picky. Kids are just like, hey, let's go with it. Love you, man. All right, we're going to Maurice, Salt Lake City. First time caller. You're on line. La- heart of the matter. How
5: you doing, Sean?
0: Hey, I'm doing all right, Maurice. How are you?
5: I'm doing great, thank you. Um... First of all, um, I would like to say how, how much I appreciate it that you come out and um, spread the word, because that's what we've been taught as Christians. Thanks, man. And spread the word, the gospel, to as many as we can. And it seems that that's what you're doing, because um, honestly, I don't look for your show, but it's just when I'm going through the TV, yeah. there you are. <laughs> and to me, that, that's special to me, you know? Okay. It's God asking me to watch your show, because... Uh. That's how I feel.
4: Wow.
5: Um, but the question I have for you is I've been seeing a big revival here uh, of Christians in this community. Mm-hmm. Huh. What can we do as Christians to come together and try to spread the message that you're trying to do on TV, but just take it out to the streets? Wow.
0: Hey, a great question and very timely, uh, Maurice. A couple things. I just read earlier, let me read it again, wwwchristian solidarity.org. And if you get on that website, you're going to have a chance to kind of uh join forces. Greg Johnson, my friend, he started uh got that thing rolling and uh there's a whole bunch of people involved. I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned your name, but a lot of people involved and uh I think you'll be able to rub shoulders with people from all over the state and there is a revival going on. Greg prefaced it, he got it going. It's going on and, and your, your desire to join that and hit the streets is fantastic. So that would be my recommendation is to go to that website and see how you can uh, affect your community.
3: Sounds good. I appreciate your time, Sean. Okay. God bless. Thanks so much. God bless you. Take care. All right. Bye.
0: Alright, we're going to Kathy on line two from Salt Lake City. Kathy, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yes, I just
2: called to tell you that when someone thinks that uh, they're being challenged and you're being too strident, I think it's because their spirits... I I think their spirit's being testified to and it frightens them. I'm a born-again Mormon and I went through the same thing where I wanted my missionaries to be listened to, but I didn't want to listen to anyone else's religion. Yeah. And I found out that just like you said, sit down and read the references you're giving. Look at the background on blacks in the history, Masonic yeah. temple rites, all these things. If you really think that you're correct, sit down and challenge yourself. And Mormons are going to be amazed what they find.
0: Oh, that's... Shocked
2: what they find. And you're telling them the truth. And I think you're not strident. You're full of passion and spirit. And I think that spirit's testifying to people. And it scares them.
0: Kathy, I I really appreciate that call. You've brought up some really good points. Um, And your challenge to the LDS community, I echo it completely. What do you have to lose by going and checking your history and reading the things that we're talking about? Make me a liar, you know? I, I want you to make me a liar. Prove that I'm a liar. And go and read that stuff and then say to yourself, is this real and, Kathy, fant- thank you for bringing it up because it helps reinforce what we all need to do. You're welcome. And may God bless you and your efforts. God bless you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to Joe in Tooele. I always want to say to A- to L when I see that name. Joe in TuL. you're on Heart
3: of the Matter. Hey, Sean. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, just a little bit ago, you had a caller call in about the way you come across with your teaching and things like that. And, uh, um, I just want to say that, uh, I believe it's in the New Testament. I don't know if it's Peter or Paul that said it, but they said to be very bold in, in your teaching and, uh, to stand firm in, uh, what you believe and the way that you teach it. So I just want to let you know that, uh, I think you do a great job. Um, hang in there and uh, I'm praying for you. I try to catch you every week and, uh, just wanted to say, hey, God bless you and, and keep up the good work. Thank you
0: so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Yep, thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we have a comment from David. Christians protest at Temple Square, yet LDS never do the same to Christians. What are your comments? Well, um, here are my comments. I don't like, personally, people protesting at Temple Square. In fact, when I was LDS, that did nothing but make me dig my heels in to my religion and not want to be part of any group that would go out like that. Now, I think there is a need for going out on the street and talking to people. I I live in Huntington Beach, California. We have a pier there, and people go out on the street, and a lot of people come to know the Lord from street preaching. But when the LDS are gathered together and they're going into their temple, into their conference center, you're getting the people who are strong Enough to get up and get dressed and go to that center, and you're yelling things at him You're just—I think you're making a fool of yourself. I'm sorry. So if Christians are doing that, David, I'm sorry for them. I, you know, I don't think it affects their salvation. May take some of their crowns away. I don't know. That—that's up to God. But I don't like it. So and so, I'm glad that that Mormons don't do that, or else we'd have a real chaotic world. So uh, that's my answer to that. We're going to Sean, spelled the same way as me, on line three. Sean, you're on Heart of the Matter.
5: Uh, hello, this is Doug. How are you tonight,
0: Doug? How are you? Sorry, I, I I thought you were Sean.
5: Go ahead, Doug. This is Doug. I just wanted to let you know that you know uh, I have an awful lot of people, relatives, family, friends, just like myself, who've grown up in Mormonism. They don't uh, they don't very often question things. In fact, they're advised. By their bishops and by their leaders, not to question anything, to pray about it, to read the Book of Mormon. But I know that just like you've talked about and several of the callers have mentioned, you need to know for yourself personally, deep in your own soul and your own heart, what is true. Were these men crooked thieves, con men, treasure seekers? Did they steal things from the Freemasons? Did they take? teachings from guys like Swedenborg about the layers of heaven did they ever get any real direct revelation from anybody but the people they plagiarized yeah. and they stole their ideas from if you take the time to research and study the kind of men and the kind of things they taught you will find that they all came from somewhere but they came from other people other theologians and other ideas like the Freemason. Absolutely. Their temple work is like our endowment. The Mormons have an endowment session. It was taken directly from the Masons.
0: By the way, we have a show on that. It's uh, under uh, temples. I think it's show number 11 or ten. Uh,
5: and, you know, people just, and you know, Sean, I want to tell you something. Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy Osbourne has always worn his bass legions without any socks. Yes! And I have, I have to know, I grew up in an era when we didn't wear socks.
0: Hey, all right. Finally, people behind my dressing And bag. I know where
5: you're coming from.
0: Hey, Doug, thank you for that uh, testimony <laughs> and sharing that. Really appreciate it. And you have that. a nice evening. Thanks a lot.
5: Okay, Bye-bye. bye now.
0: All right, we have five minutes. We're going to Sean, spelled the same way as I do, online. One, Sean, you're on Heart of the Matter.
3: Hi there. This is Sean McCraney, right? Yes, it is. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
3: I'm great. My name is Sean Hoke. Um, I actually am from your home state, there in Huntington Beach. Yeah,
0: I know who you are.
3: You know who I am, huh? Yeah. Good. It's good to hear from you. I was, you know, I just got off my mission. I was in Peru for two years. in: and... Arequipa? No, no. I was in Lima, the Lima? Lima South Mission for the church. Uh-huh. So I hadn't seen you in a while, but I was just listening to your show and very, you know, surprised like anybody else would be that knew you from the past. Yeah. I'm sure you would agree, right? The
0: guy from my old neighborhood audience yes
3: i I would agree yeah i would agree too and so as i sit here and watch the show i just i i don't see it as anything different than you know a type of notice to me that i do remember sitting in the congregation and listening to you from the pulpit Uh bear your testimony of the truthfulness of the gospel and the truthfulness of the restoration by joseph smith
0: yeah
3: remember that specifically sitting in the congregation you and um I didn't even have to see your name at the bottom of the screen um, before I saw your face and knew exactly who you were, Mm -hmm. and the feelings that I felt as you spoke over the television um, coming from the opposite direction of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit. And um, I I just listened to that last caller that spoke to you and expressed his love as a member of our Church, and um, I felt the impression to do the same, especially after I came off um, my mission for two years and remember childhood memories of someone that was so kind, and not that you aren't kind anymore, but... Then, mate, you have uh, been a little bit confused.
0: Sean, can I I say something?
3: Go for it, I'm all ears.
0: Okay, I, um, the person you really should talk- You have one
3: question of exactly what happened. Okay. would be interesting to hear. Uh,
0: What happened was, um, outwardly I uh, did and said everything that uh, I had been raised since a very young child to believe. Right. I wanted to believe, Sean. Right. uh, But inwardly, I knew I was a sinner, and uh, I couldn't reconcile my sinful nature and heart with with trying everything I could to be the right person as a Mormon.
3: Right, right.
0: So on Adams Avenue, uh, one afternoon, I only have three minutes before the show ends, but on Adams Avenue, I was driving to pick my daughters up, and I pulled over to... I I remember
3: your daughters. I was friends with them. I remember.
0: I pulled over to the side of the road, and I asked Jesus to take over my life and to give me a new spirit and a new heart and the person you really should talk to Sean uh, is my wife and you should talk to my daughters who you know and you should ask them hey what was your dad like as a Mormon and what is your dad like now
3: yeah and I don't I don't want to get personal with the family or anything or have to go that deep into it I was just interested oh
0: no but it would be a good witness for you and and then and then I would suggest that you uh, you went on the two-year mission and I'm, I'm assuming probably like, like I was and everybody else, you've just taken for granted everything that's been told you. But, Sean, I suggest that you, that you really start studying now.
3: Yeah, I, I've, I've studied well, and I, I really can't find any contest to the, to the church. Then and you haven't studied well, I, I remember well, just Sean. recently, uh, about a few seconds ago, you were speaking about it being dangerous for a church to declare some type of revelation on the future or this life or the next life after this life. And that mean something dangerous. And to leave it completely and wholly up to faith, and I really—I no,
0: I leave it so up to faith, Sean. I leave it up to God and His will and His sovereignty. I, again, and I don't—I
3: don't disagree because I think the, I'm pretty sure, as a Mormon missionary for two years, that the Mormon church believes the same thing as far as the next life. But I do believe that there is revelation. Yes, there is personal revelation, as you stated earlier, as personal yeah. prophecy
4: yeah. and personal
3: revelation. And then at the same time. I think there is an organization on the church, as far as the Church of Jesus Christ, the True Church. I do too, and 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 so there needs to be somebody. It's, ma- it's made you,
0: up of believers
3: for the whole church. Jesus, the whole is church. That,
0: Jesus is that person, John. He's not, but he's 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 not there. He doesn't guide his church. Oh, he does,
3: but through a prophet, correct?
0: No, not through a prophet, John. Read Hebrews one, uh, one through two.
3: Just uh, read it. I, you know, I just wanted to express love to you and. Well, All right. Sean, I, 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 love the, okay. I love the fact that right, you're giving
0: me love, yeah. but I hope you will search out your religion. Did you hang up? Oh, Sean. Uh, it's tough when you're a returned missionary. We only have 45 seconds left. You spent two years of your life. You believe wholeheartedly because you've gone through, a, it's almost like a boot camp of love. And there's a lot of attention, a lot of graciousness. But, uh, Sean, you have not. Search your religion out. And when you do, if you truly do, and uh, you will see that it is full of man-made holes that are not going to lead you back to God. Your mission means nothing to God. What matters to God is your relationship through His Son. So I hope that helps. We had kind of a, a lively show. Uh, next week, we're going to hit some topic or another. Ask for the book. We love you. See you next week on Heart of the Matter.
4: I'm on a ride Going nowhere I am an existential Cowboy On the wind And I won't be Coming out I'm going in This man's awake a storm's arising. The dawn's waiting till a hundred monkeys know, and I can feel the light-filled monkeys start.